I'm Drew. I'm Adam. And I'm John. And you're listening to The Archive, our ever-growing library of everything, one hour at a time. That's my catchphrase. Hey, we're back. Uh, can you repeat that? I meant taffy, Andrew. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, we're back. Sure. Got it. Thank you. Uh, is this a private line? Uh, who is that over? And <laughs> see. And it is. Identify yourself. <laughs> This is the steward. <laughs> and I'm Nick. <laughs> oh, no. They couldn't help it. It was right there. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Poor Nick. Uh, stranded on a spacewalk this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. We miss him dearly. Stranded a, on a spacewalk. An integral part of our team, but doesn't care about this topic. <laughs> And so he's opted not to join us. <laughs> I was going to give him a little break and just say we're persevering, but yeah, no breaks. Um, okay, so uh, July 20th will mark the 50-year anniversary of Apollo 11 50 landing on the moon. Um, I guess technically Eagle landed on the moon, not Apollo 11, but it was the mission that... Uh, the moon landing happened. Yeah. A component so, of Apollo 11 landed on the That's moon. right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Are we doing moon landing? Is that what we're calling this? Well, I think you originally proposed we would call it the Apollo program. Yeah. we were going to talk oh. about all of the Apollos. Because, I mean, Apollo I, I mean, 11, I think, no, there but, were 10 Apollos before we ever got what? there. Well, <laughs> I do moon landing. Well, okay, here. Let me just say that. I think no matter what you call it, you can't. You, I mean, you can but it's hard to talk about Apollo 11 without talking about the other Apollo missions to some degree. Mm-hmm. And you could even get into the Gemini missions and the Mercury missions if you really wanted to. Save it for the Mercury and the Gemini <laughs> missions. Uh, <laughs> episodes. episodes. I'm afraid of Vigor. <laughs> what? I'm afraid of Vigor. Excuse me? Vigor. <laughs> Vigor? Yeah. Star, wow, Trek, Star Trek the movie. Could you spell that? V Vigor. What are you talking about? Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that one. I've certainly never I've just been awake. told so, so many times it's incredibly boring. Oh, and it's it is. so boring. <laughs> it's, it's almost painfully yeah, boring, yeah. but still. Hey, this is not the Star Trek episode. Yeah, save it for the Star That's Trek episode. That's episode three. Gosh. Save it for the Star Trek episode. Save that for the past. <laughs> you can kill the past. Rise. <laughs> Earth rise. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think we could we could dabble a little bit. We in can that. dabble. A little Star Trek. Dibble yeah. dabble. Not in Star Trek. <laughs> no, we're not. There will be no Star Trek dabble. There will be no dabble. Dibble dabble. <laughs> what am I saying? You're the steward. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. That's true. I can do what I want. I have. I am. It's like I'm the. Oh. Offers and proppers. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, can never, I can never remember the phrase. I can't either. It's all proppers and something. Yeah, you always say it really well. All respects and proppers. All respects maybe? and that proppers. Might be I think that is the it. Steward. Yeah. Okay, so um, maybe we could start things off just with your guys as like, you know, what's what's been your interest in, you know, maybe NASA to a certain degree and then the moon missions, you know, where where does that into your life, if at all. I'll start with Adam. That's me. Uh, I've been as obsessed with the moon since I can remember. The moon itself. Yes. Uh, you can ask uh, my family, whenever they say, hey, if you could go anywhere, where would you want to go? People always, oh, Hawaii. Or, uh, answer always, the moon. Hands down, every Ooh. time. <laughs> 
Why Sorry, I thought that was the question. <laughs> I was just answering where I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I want to go there so bad. Like, mm-hmm. so badly. I want to go to the moon. Is that based on uh, what we know about the moon? Or, or is it your own, like, fascination? Have you just always been wanting to go to the moon? Always. Like, it, you were, in, were you inspired to want to go to the moon by the fact that somebody went there? Um, that definitely probably played a part of it when I was super, super little and I first heard about it. Um, and then I would often uh, pretend that I was from uh, Saturn when I was a, when I was a hmm. child. Why Saturn? Um, had rings. It was cool. Semi Jupiter has rings. Yeah. Well, this is Uranus this is, has wi- rings. <laughs> Uranus has wings. That's how it stays. <laughs> and uh, Neptune, I think, has yeah, a ring rings. too. Yes. But again, back in the uh, so why early mid eighties, uh, <laughs> only it only, has the best rings. And the only planet back then that had rings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ostensibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would hide behind the, the dumpster at school and uh, film my little movies. Um, <laughs> this my, is incredible. My, what? So, do you have any of these? Movies? More? No, no, no. Filming movies uh, meant me holding one hand in, a, in an O shape and taking my other hand and oh, doing yeah, a yeah. crank this crank is thing. Genius, and and it reminds <laughs> yes. me of John's movies uh, <laughs> when he would set up Fireball Island. Yeah, and he would make. <laughs> Movies <laughs> with that, yeah. Go on. So uh, I, I never. I'm going to give a two. I'm going to derail for a hot second. No, do it. Uh, you have a go on derailing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I never went through girls are yucky stage. Yeah, never, never did. Um, and so uh, the boys didn't want to play with me because I liked girls. Yeah, and the girls didn't want to play with me because I like girls. Yeah, so I would hang out behind the dumpster by myself. And <laughs> that's a and, much better end to this scenario I, yeah. than I was expecting. <laughs> um, uh, or every once in a while we play, uh, not so much tag, but chase where I would chase the girls and the boys would all chase me. So it's like, there's a big group of girl. There's, yes. There's a big group of girls. They're running. Right. And they run from camera left, <laughs> across <laughs> camera, right. Correct. <laughs> Then one single figure, yes, and that's you. <laughs> yes, runs camera left, camera yes. right. Uh, you got, you got a Coke bottle glasses uh-huh. and like the eighties. And uh, you're pretending to bowl, film bowl cut. Yes, I'm pretending to film. Mm-hmm. And then depending on the on the day, but more you often cross the screen, and yes. then a group of boys who are angry at me. Have you pitched this to Wes Anderson? Because it's, oh I, my uh, gosh, exactly. I have not composes yes. itself. Yeah. yeah. So inevitably, I would some you know the girls either get really pissed off and mm-hmm. tell me to buzz off, buzz off, uh, or the boys would get me and <laughs> punch me, and then I would if, and eventually you would be like, "It's okay, guys. I'm from Saturn." Right. Which didn't help the situation at all. <laughs> it's the one with three. It's okay. <laughs> I'm from Saturn. And then I go hang up behind the dumpster, which was my crash spaceship. My oh, oh, I like yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. And then I'll continue filming my movies from behind the, the dumpster, which really pissed people off. Wait, wait, wait. So the filming of the <laughs> yeah. movies, this was like just, this was part of your character, right? You're like, I crashed yeah, I landed s- I from Saturn. I got to send these movies I'm to Saturn. recording oh. Earth Life yes. to go back okay. to. Yes. I didn't, I didn't get, catch that yeah, part. No. I thought oh you were like making movies in your. No, I was filming the playground and the you antics. You were reconnaissance for, yes. for yes. the people of Saturn. Yeah. And there was no people on Saturn. It was just me. I was sending it back to my base in the hope that someday... For later, well, for later review. Yes. <laughs> I'll review this footage. Uh, like, yeah. That's, that's the... That was the Very little, interesting. Yes. <laughs> These earth women run from me. <laughs> were, you, were there plans to repair your uh, I couldn't spacecraft? get it fixed ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was so here's a here's a kind of a my childhood was so screwed up. No, but um, I years bad. later I was probably in my early twenty. Oh, it was I was back from my first vacation from basic training, and I thought I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go swing by and see see the old dumpster, see the old ship, see the old ship, and uh, I pulled into the parking lot of my old school. Yeah, and they got one of those new plastic recycle dual trash recyclable things, and yeah. the old dumpster was gone. Oh, No. And I thought, Likely. now I'm really screwed. 
Well, it's probably out in Area 51. <laughs> you just likely. need to join that group of 500,000 yeah. people. Right. It's up to a million. Storm- wow, okay. I think once Tom got his voice in Yeah, there. yeah. That'll do it. Um, wow, that's a... That's so you were a Saturn guy, but the moon is a more attainable, a more attainable. Correct. Saturn was the character you were playing, but you yourself have always been a moon guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Um, right, right, right. Yeah. And there are zones and a lot of of moons on Saturn. (laughs) That's true. Uh, In high school, there's, I would take pictures of the moon constantly as much as I could again, back in, you know, film days. There's pictures of me like, like holding my hand up to it and like, like reaching for it longingly and just, I've just always been obsessed with the very moon. emo. Yes. That way. <laughs> yeah. You're like emo for the moon. <laughs> I really am. God, I want to go there so bad. Seriously. Yeah. So bad. Is there a part of the moon that you want to visit most? I don't care. I literally don't care. Standing on it at some point. You never, in my life. you will never answer that question. What? Whenever we pose like, what's your favorite? This would you, what most would you do of these options? You're like, whatever. I, I don't care. And it's either an I don't care in the positive, like I'll take anything, right? Or it's an I don't care in the negative of like I don't care at all, so whatever. Yeah, that's kind of how I live my life. Tranquility base. That'd be great. Sea of tranquility, I guess. Yeah, sea of tranquility. Yeah, dark side. I I really don't care. Mm-hmm. I God. be cold on that dark side. Yeah, I want to go into the caves. Cave of wonders. I can't figure out why the hell we haven't gone back. Like drives me crazy. I can tell you why. We'll get to that. <laughs> I mean, I know the literal reason why, but I, I feel like like the area fifty one. I feel like people should have been more like, well, let's just, whatever. We'll get we'll get to it. Yeah, I've talked enough. John, I'm glad you said her. I know that I know that it was not. I know that it didn't roll out the way that I like to think that it rolled out for me. But I really, really do earnestly believe there's a part of me that earnestly believes I can pinpoint exactly when my interest in space travel uh, came about. All right. And it was space the first travel time. or moon. Well, the two are connected, I think. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Space travel. Um, I, I was eight years old and came home from school one day and flipped on. HBO and Showtime and and I came into the movie Explorers mm. like right in yes. in the middle of it mostly in the middle of it which is how you find the best movies I think mm-hmm. um, I was really into it I enjoyed it a lot and uh, a couple days later I guess it was on again and I happened to catch the oh, beginning of, course, of it of course of course, of course. <laughs> alien sings that in the movie and then I was like oh my god I was so wrong like. I thought that the end of this movie was really great when they all go into space. Yeah. No, like the, the beginning of that movie is where it like is the make or break thing. When mm. Ethan Hawke is just like going on and on about how like he wants to be an astronaut yeah. and, and like go on, go on space spaceships and, and travel to other planets. He like asks his mom if it would be all right if he went to like <laughs> other planets, which is just an amazing yeah, scene. Question. Yeah. Uh, but from that moment on, I was like, mostly because like I've had a lifelong thing where I wanted to be Ethan Hawke, but um, <laughs> I think it started that's, that's right there. Understandable. Yeah, but like, totally. I totally like threw myself into that character and was like, I, I need to read all that I can about space travel and I, I want to be the space kid. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. But it, it, <laughs> the moon was actually like the, the sort of least interesting aspect <gasps> of that. Oh man. And I've never really thought what? about why, yeah. but, but it occurs to me now thinking about it. Like I've just always taken for granted the fact that we went to the moon. Mm-hmm. Like at no point was I ever like told one time we put all these dudes on the moon. Right. And it, uh, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like it, are it, you kidding? it just never, there was nothing about that. That was ever like shocking or awe inspiring to me. Yeah. I was just fixated on like the the space travel part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I think I think for me, I think you know, grow growing up in the eighties and nineties, there's a lot of space stuff for kids. Yeah, you get a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely. A, well, was you in space camp? No, I did not go to space camp. Uh, was you in space camp? Yeah, John went space camp. Put one over on Ethan Hawke. I got there first. 
Um, there were, well, there was the movie Space Camp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there yeah. was uh, Fly of the Nap. Wait, wait, we need to do our bit. Did we, haven't we done our bit on this? I don't know, have we? It's been so okay, long. Okay, we'll do it and, and we'll cut it out later. <laughs> I guess the, I, I'll allow this as the steward. Right. Um, I don't know. Adam and I have this bit that we will do every few years now. And it's based off of the... <laughs> it's not really based off of any <laughs> real thing that happens in the movie Space Camp. This this was done organically once. Yeah. And, and we liked it so much, we just keep bringing it back. And it's based off of a general, like, little boy befriending robot scenario. At probably Space Camp. Yeah, I mean, I think the voice I do is the Space yes. Camp robot. Jinx. Jinx. Yes. Yeah. So uh, <coughs> Shall <we>? imagine, <laughs> let me set the scene. Yes, please do. Uh, we're in sort of a, a bunk room setting, and uh, the lights are sort of down, and we hear... It's lights out. Uh, gentle sobbing coming from one of the beds. <laughs> and then we hear uh, the mechanical uh, rotor, like treadmill noise of a robot <laughs> wheeling in. Adam, why are your eyes leaking? I'm crying. Adam, <laughs> my eyes are leaking too. <laughs> and scene. Yeah, that's it. It's the do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually oh, very hard to make it through that. Yes, I was struggling. I was really struggling, but that was one of our better uh, track records. My favorite part is when Adam goes, oh, cry. <laughs> <laughs> My first, my favorite part is the very first word when you. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh man! So, so in a general sense, I was like into all that space stuff, you know. But I think where it solidified, I was, and I was trying to figure this out. Probably where it really like became something that I was really fascinated with beyond just an entertainment uh, factor was the movie Apollo thirteen. Hmm. Sure. And I think a lot of people cite this scene as one of the best scenes in cinema. But I love, love... When Gary Sneeze comes out of the shower. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a masterful (laughs) scene. (laughs) And he's in this prime. Um, No, the scene... Prime (laughs) Sneeze. They realize... So all the astronauts are... uh, living on the limb, right? Cause so, so the, they can't use the command. This is after the, the crisis mm. has happened. They can't use the command module because they can't waste the, the battery. I think if I remember correctly. So what? What? they're told to all three of them move into the limb with a lunar module and live there until they get back to earth, you know, get back to reentry. Yeah. And they realize at one point that the lunar modules filters, the scrubbers that make it possible to breathe are only built to sustain two people. And so they're soon going to run out of oxygen. And so there's this scene where, uh, they realize they need to hook up the, the lunar modules, uh, oxygen thing to the command modules. And the, and the, they're like, this is the, you know, lunar module port and this is the command module port and one's triangular, the other's square. And so they don't fit each other. Mm. So then they cut to the scene of, you know, NASA guys, horn rim glasses. Yeah. With the shorts, shirts. Short sleeve yeah, yeah. Shirts. Yeah. And another guy walks in with a box of stuff and he dumps it on the table. He's like, all right, guys, we got to figure out a way to plug this into this using only this. And like, that is such a, I think knowingly that scene is a, a great like encapsulation of the NASA, NASA overall during the moon missions. Like, yeah. Yeah. like just the one, the, the ability to attack a problem, you know, from all sides with a lot of really bright people. And two, like 
just the um, the determination to to get it done. Almost yeah. and uh, almost the audacity yeah. that we were even doing this crap. Like, yeah. what the hell were we thinking? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. You you posted a a a, a gif in Slack the other day. Oh. And it was like Michigan Troll, right. and it, there's this glimpse of like the console. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love, I, I mean, I love Michigan Troll. I love yeah. everything about Michigan Troll, but uh, particularly in that moment, like I just I realized that part of what I love so much about it is just how um, like rudimentary it all looks, right. and not just because it's you know from 50 years ago or whatever, right. but just like even compared to like the buildings of the time or whatever. It was like, this was clearly stuff that nobody knew how to do or what to do with. And so like, you can like, you can sort of like smell the, like the smelting going on here as they're like fabricating these consoles. Just throw them together. Put put a light bulb on these buttons. I guess sure. Let's do it. (laughs) Have them blink all the time. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I think to me, what's really fascinating about the Apollo program is because we now have such a different context as far as technology is concerned, and also, like, in general, society is more advanced when it comes to technology, at least in, in, in the way that we understand it and the way that we, um, or the way that it works, when you look back at the Apollo program and when you sort of read about it um, or research it, you it it's very, like... Uh, accessible in a way. It's like, it, and, and I don't mean to like minimize, you know, uh, what they what they did or make it seem like I actually understand all of it. But there's something about the physicality of the of the technology they're interacting with and how we were right on the cusp of technology becoming this like kind of ethereal, um, intangible thing mm-hmm. that every step of this process to get to the moon is all very like logical and you, and you see how it makes sense and you're like, Oh, this is attainable. Like I get how this worked, you know, now most technology, like I don't, I don't really understand why that works or I do. I don't know. Maybe you guys are, you know, probably Adam's more uh, aware of how a lot of these things work, but you sort of, Things are just, they happen. And I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's less uh, um, clear to me. Yeah. Whereas I can look at, you know, a sequence of events within, you know, a given Apollo mission and be like, okay, I see how this, you know, affects that and this affects that. And yeah, you, know. you can sort of see the blueprints exactly. in it. And whereas today, comparatively, yeah, things are a little more oblique and. And to to that end, what I think one of the coolest things about the moon landing is is the audacity, like you said, of the fact that we set this goal. You know, Kennedy gave this speech that we were going to land on the moon, and that really for political reasons. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago? fly the Atlantic. Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. Got to win that Cold War, man. Exactly, and and we had to beat the Russians, basically, mm-hmm. and and that's that's the reason it happened. You know, the reason they were given uh, an incredible amount of money. NASA, I, I saw. Um, at the time, four percent of the um, the U.S. budget was devoted to NASA. That's a crazy amount um, to get us to the moon. And when Kennedy gives that speech, uh, I believe at that point the Mercury missions have already begun. Um, they they started in like 1950. 
uh, eight, and the speech happens in sixty two. So we're sort of four years into the Mercury missions, and I think even the Gemini missions had begun. And and I so so what I was going to say is what's interesting is how they all of the missions like were building on their ability to do certain things that you would have to be able to do to get to the moon. And so, you know, the Mercury missions were about, or yeah, Mercury missions were about getting someone up into orbit and then seeing how that affects the human body, Mm -hmm. right? Like how can someone live in space effectively and work in space? You know, does that have any kind of uh, negative effect on you? Um, And so they, they do various uh, manned and unmanned flights to determine that. And then animal for that matter. Did NASA do animal ones? Oh yeah. Yeah. They did chimps. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Chimps. And then, uh, the Gemini, uh, were pro- uh, missions were some more like learning how to maneuver in space. You, uh, doing, uh, EVAs to see how that affected the body. If you could, you know, leave the, the spacecraft. Um, they, they learned how to, you know, dock with another, uh, spacecraft, which they would need to do to get the lunar module, all these things. And then you move to the Apollo missions, which again, these are like, everything is just a step to the next thing, right? All building on the last thing. And like the the speed with which this all happens is insane. It's ridiculous. I, I I truly can't. I mean, I feel like you it it was it was a thing that could have only happened at that time. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. Like like before the nineteen sixties or what have you, there was not the technology to do this. Right. Right. Post nineteen sixties. There's too much bullshit going on. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you would di- like, like there'd just be so many things to get in the way of, and it's, and it's happening now, yeah. but there's so many things to get in the way of actually doing this. And, and so it happened at the time where obviously there was great, uh, political, um, uh, forces to make it happen. And so all the money was thrown at it, but also like, I feel like it was just like, do what you need to do, NASA, you know, and make it happen. And they did. And like, I think about the fact that Apollo one, um, which is the, the mission where, uh, unfortunately astronauts were killed on the launch pad during a test, you know, that, and that wasn't even supposed to launch, right? They right. Were just I think they were just the firing of yeah. the engines. Yeah. It exploded, didn't it? <clears throat> yeah. 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 Well, there was or a... ignited. Uh, I believe they think there was a spark. Yeah. So, so it was an oxygen-rich mm-hmm. environment, and there was a spark from some circuitry, and that was... And so they suffocated rather than... Like, they... I imagine they burned, but... Yeah. They suffocated first. So there's some kind of... Uh, there's something... Uh, saving grace there, you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, you blacked out before they break it back to life. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, that happens, right? And you just think today, be like, well, that's it. They're not <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Put the words out of my mouth. You're like, well, yeah. Screw the pooch on that one. Yeah. The end. But not only does it not end the Apollo missions, um, within two years, they land on the moon. Two years. So uh, within a year, they 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 start the next manned mission happens, and then within a year of that, they land. It's probably less than a year actually, because I can't remember when Apollo Seven uh, launches, but it's probably not that far from, uh, you know, July twentieth. Right. The crazy thing about us too is like when you talk about the timing, like we we grew up in an era where we had this long schedule of planned space flights. Right. Right. Like, yeah. There was a, there was a shuttle. They had four, the shuttle. yeah, four shuttles. So yeah. they could be launching those like quarterly or yeah. whatever. It was mundane. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, well, in well, the exciting as hell for me. Compare, yeah. No, I mean, sure. We compare, watched uh, every compare, launch or whatever, yeah. but it, that was not with any real, um, target or purpose, right? They were, they were, those were not strung together in, in such a way. Um, 
But even at that, even when you had four uh, vehicles that could make continuous trips mm-hmm. into space and you had this long agenda ahead of you and you had all of these astronauts and everything, they still weren't going as as rapidly right. as they did with this Apollo right. plan. Yeah. Um, and I, they were still making it up as they were going along yeah, in yeah. the 60s. I highly recommend the podcast 13 minutes to the moon, um, which I, I basically binged in the, over the last week or so. Um, and the, I think the final episode comes out maybe this week. Um, but it's, it's a really great, um, examination of the moon landing and it's sort of framed around the, the, the 13 minutes of them up until they land on the moon Mm -hmm. and sort of like, they kind of use that as a, uh, framing device to go into various different aspects of, um, those missions. So, uh, I, I only say that because like a lot of my recent knowledge is from this podcast because it got, it went so deep on certain things. Um, but I wanted to talk about the lunar module Hmm. because that is, that's one of the things that fascinates me most about, the Apollo program was this, you know, this craft that was built specifically for the purpose of landing on the moon. And it doesn't look anything like any imagined spacecraft up until that point, or or even like really since then, you know, we still tend to like draw and and conceptualize spaceships much differently than what we actually use to land on. (laughs) Yeah. Long skinny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mason fins. I and think it's like all these weird, like geometric oh, man, corners. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's it's like uneven and, and yeah. It's got spire legs it, and it kind of looks like a dumpster. So I it guess totally that's does. Sort of yeah. why maybe <laughs> they took it back in time. I I, I had uh, the the apparently I think it's uh, Grauman was the company that made it. Something I think it's Grauman. Um. And, you know, they, they sort of like pitched their first few designs and the, and the main thing about the lunar module was the weight. Like it had to, they really had to, uh, make it as light as possible. So they'd eat up, they'd have as much fuel as they to could blast get. Back yeah. off. Um, and also to land. Um, but All right, Dirk. the, uh, and that's why it looks the way it looks, you know, like they, they, you know, their first designs looked like, you know, spaceships as we yeah. imagine them in, in a fictional sense. And they had these big like windows and everything. And, and they, they realized like at one point the windows are so heavy. And so like they reduced the windows as small as they could and took out the seats that were in the original design. Cause they're, they, uh, they were like, well, if the, if the astronauts just stand at this small window, they have a better depth of, or a better, you know, they can see more. And so like, just the, the idea that we're going to take the seats out, you know, they have to stand yeah. and pilot this thing is, is I love it. I, that, and that's, that sort of gets at that, like fit this shape into this shape, yeah. uh, kind of mentality that, that I think is so, um, inspirational about the, the whole Apollo project. It also seems like that module, I keep saying project, seems so uh, precarious. Yeah, and it like, is. It, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it, it, out of everything about the whole mission, it's that, that part of it, the part that is most like critical, yeah. right? The part where like there's so much left, so much beyond what we think we can control. Yes. Like, that whole, that journey, they couldn't really practice that at all. Right. The journey for, of, of leaving the command module, descending to the moon. Yeah. And they and, simulated it. They yeah. did. They did simulate it. But like, but yeah. That, how do you simulate the unknown? Well, and right. what's even more incredible about that is that, you know, they, they start their descent onto the moon <laughs> and, you know, no one's ever done this. Ever right, yeah. and and also the lunar module, I believe, is the first uh, craft that is uh, flown by computer. So hmm. they're they they are the computer is the is the one landing it. I gotta pause this real quick. At what point? Um, I didn't see the movie, and I I don't know my history of this part because it's been so 
sorely overlooked. The the ladies who who like were like doing the calculations, hidden figures. That yeah, movie? yeah. W- when does that call come in? When does it come in? Yeah. Well, so the, they're um, the one of the women that uh, is featured in that movie. Um, she was, I guess, she's essentially a. I don't know if she was called this at the time, but but a mathematician. Yeah. And she was she. Uh, her calculations and her ability to do math were sort of unparalleled at the time. And so she was integral in basically the math behind uh, all the, not just the moon landing, but, you know, I think the, the Apollo program or right. Apollo missions overall. Um, an, there was another woman who, in, in this 13 minutes to the moon podcast, they talk about this other uh, woman of color who she was called a Kelly girl. And these were, they were temps basically. And their job was to take the code that was being written um, by the programmers and then translate it into punch cards that they would then run through the IBM computers because everything was still on punch card. And this person um, became so well versed with how not necessarily like, how to write code, but she knew how it should look. She knew that if there was an open parenthesis here, there needed to be one closing it. You know, she knew where certain, you know, uh, periods needed to be. And she would, uh, catch mistakes and go back to those programmers and be like, you need to fix this before we translate it over to the punch card. And she said that she never encountered any, like, you know, who are you to tell me or whatever. She said that they were all really thankful to her because, you know, it's a big deal. If you, yeah, mess no. that up. Obviously, um, in the movie, I don't think that woman is represented. It, so, so in the movie, and I, I, I feel terrible because I don't know their names. But in the movie, there's the woman who is has got the math right. right. There's a woman who um, basically teaches herself how to run the computers, like the big IBM computers, and becomes like the only one who knows really how to use it. So becomes integral. And then the third woman I think is involved with, um, uh, engineering in some, some fashion. Um, but you know, like, um, they're, they aren't talked about much. Mm-hmm. And, and even today, I think, you know, now they're starting to get more, we're, we're starting to get a bigger picture about that. Um, Ka- uh, Catherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn and Mary Jackson. Okay, so so and is Katherine Johnson the? I think she's the math. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy Vaughn, I think. I think that's what you described. Okay. Through, that's yeah. Currently, uh, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, the, the the so anyway, I was gonna say you know the, the we talked so so there, this the, this lunar module is one of the first things that are vehicles that a computer is controlling. Mm-hmm. So like the, the, the astronauts, obviously they have the ability to take over, but the, they enter the program in that, that fires off like the descent stage. Right. And, um, and then they're monitoring the computer and looking, you know, making sure that things are, are running well and sort of interesting. Uh, Houston, we have no problems. <laughs> we have our problems. Is that we what have, <laughs> we have no problems. Oh. <laughs> but what's incredible to me is so no one's ever done this. No one's ever landed anything on the moon, obviously, right? And and they're they're getting close to landing, and, and Neil Armstrong is looking out his window, and he can see, based on uh, some markings they have on the window and what the computer tells him, that they're, that he sees where their landing site is. And he's, and he's thinking, that's too, there's too many rocks. Like, it's too, that's a dangerous place to land. And so he takes over flying it. He take now he doesn't fully like take control. He he basically is flying with computer assist at that point. But he takes over and he's like, uh, "I'm going to fly us to a better place." And and not only has no one ever flown it in this way, <laughs> um, they're also there's only a limited amount of fuel, and he knows this. Like they're calling off on mission control, like. 60 seconds. That's how much fuel you have left. Mm. And he's like looking for a better place to land as they count down 
the amount of fuel they have left. So like just any, and the fact that he does this calmly, at least from, you know, what you can listen to, um, and, and coolly and that Buzz Aldrin standing right next to him. I'm sure like, what the are you yeah. doing, dude? Oh my god! <laughs> this is my life too. No pressure, buddy. No yeah. pressure, bastard. You know, man. Um, anytime now. Anytime is good. Right here, no. Okay, I'm still going. All right, bud. Yeah. No, that's cool. Let's just keep on going. Yep. Oh yeah, Houston, we hear you. Thirty seconds. That's great. No, and here, no. Hey, buddy. I, I'll walk from here. I don't care. You can do any time now. Sit this bad boy down. That was exactly. Buzz Aldrin. That's his inner monologue. <laughs> oh, I thought I was saying it the whole time. No. Um, but yeah, then, and he does, he lands it. He finds a, a safe place to land, obviously. And they land and like, I didn't know this, but apparently, you know, they land and obviously you want to celebrate, right? Like, and, and, um, uh, Gene Krantz, the flight director on the, the Apollo 11 mission said that, you know, he heard this roar behind him, you know, people in the viewing area are cheering, but there's like, they, they can't celebrate yet because, Upon landing, they need to do a go, no go on staying. Mm-hmm. So like if, if the lunar module has been damaged at all in the, you know, landing of it, they need to like leave or else, you know, that's it. Yeah, like it they need to. So, so like right after they land within 10 minutes, there's a go, no go on. Are we staying? And then within another 30 minutes, there's another go, no. So like. It's it's another two hours before they're like, okay, we're here, we're staying on the moon. Yeah, we're you know settled. what I mean. And like the fact that <laughs> you would land and you'd have to like in mission control, you have to stay focused yeah, and you not can't like breathe freak or out about how amazing still... what has just happened is. You know, guys, if I get on the moon, I'm gonna freak out. I don't care. I mean, Straight I have up, to say, you know, freak. Adam, like, like I agree with you. I think. Um, you know, sometimes that question is posed of like, if you could be anywhere or do anything in history, like my, I would want to be on an Apollo mission, hmm. you know, especially knowing not, not that first, not one, the though. first one, <laughs> <laughs> but especially knowing that for the, mo- and not the 13th one either, right? but knowing for the most part that they all, you know, come out. Okay. Like I just like, it is such a, um, I, I would love to be able to go to the moon and like, look back at the earth. It's apparently yeah, yeah. A, a life. Ch- I mean, obviously a life changing experience, but just the, um, it, it just is, is mind blowing that I feel like I, I, I would just be like, so focused. I've thought about this too. I like, I've put myself in that capsule and like, yeah, just imagine yeah, 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 what, yeah. what am I feeling? You know? Yeah. And I think about whenever, whenever I do, I always think about the takeoff Right, like they yes. they land there and they're oh, they're, oh okay they figure this yeah. out they're cool and then they do their thing they, they walk around they yeah. jump around they drive the rover <laughs> yeah. um all good all right now it's time to go back yeah like and and this like mix of emotions yes. comes to mind and yeah. I'm thinking like you know part of me is like nope I'm not going back I'm, right I know that this is going to kill me but yeah I'm just gonna stay here I'm just gonna live like, on the moon I'm gonna stay here for as long as I can yeah. until my oxygen runs out or whatever and this is where I'm gonna that be. one second where you just you got like two minutes left of oxygen, maybe a minute left, and you're just like, fuck it. Take the helmet off and just kind of like, hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. Up. It's like, <laughs> okay, Here we I go. get it. I'm on the moon. And then just jump as hard as you can. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> jump as hard as you can. <laughs> but the, the sort of competing emotion is this like absolute terror. Yeah. Like of being in the capsule and getting ready to take off and then just like looking back and like, one, like you, you still haven't explored the whole thing, so right. you don't know what's out there. There could still be something out well, there, something, those, yeah, those moonanites that could attack there. you, yeah. or like just what if it doesn't work? What if like you know yeah. you go to launch and you can't get off the moon, right. and now it's no longer over. your choice to stay there. Right. Now you are trapped there. Yeah, now you're just sledging along. So exquisite that the, I love it. I, I get it. Like when I think about that. Um, in terms of like, you know, landing and doing your thing, you know, walking around, maybe drive that lunar, uh, the lunar rover, and then, you know, strapping in, getting ready to take off the incredible sense of melancholy you must feel of mm. like, I'm never coming back here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, this, this is but it. Did they know that? Well, I don't know. Yeah. But, See, but uh, I would, I'm sure that. Uh, if it were me, I would assume I'm likely never coming back. Like even if these moon missions continue, yeah, there's no like the timeline sure. is going to be so yeah. Who knows? Well, I, devil's advocate. I'm not sure like what 
they were young in their prime. Like, what? Why would? Why would they think they're not going I'm back? I'm just telling you how I would. Oh, this you're not. Is me. You're not in your prime at all. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, just, I mean, just you know, like this. It's such a singular thing. I guess it's more of the the idea that you can't just come to the moon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, yeah. Even even you know, we if you think about places you can only go once on Earth, you could still think I might come back. Yeah. Right. You know, like I'm, uh, you know, traveling to Japan, let's say. Let's say Antarctica. I think Antarctica, that's sure. a little more like mm-hmm. maybe once in a lifetime yeah. trip. But you still, but there's you could, a, there is a scenario where you could return. Yeah. yeah. The scenario to return to the moon is like, you the, know. The support structure exactly. that it takes to get exactly you there is. Yeah. is so unlikely to. Yeah. You know, I guess to that to point, last. I have no doubt in our lifetime because I've already guys get done to a certain extent, but commercial flights to space mm-hmm. will be a norm. Right. I have no doubt before I shuffle off this mortal coil, I will get in space at some point. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I, yeah. Definitively. Elon Musk is going to do it. <laughs> uh, no, but, Grimes will get you there. <laughs> yeah. She's this already. Astro glide right to the moon. There <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I feel like. That's a pretty good consolation prize. Like, if that's all I do... Yeah, yeah you don't ever make it, to the moon, but you get the space. I'll be a little disappointed, but that'll be yeah. okay. And then if you ever... God, if you ever actually do get to the moon, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know. After, when, when you take off to come back home again, yeah. what, what, what else is there? I mean, literally, yeah. what? The abyss? Well, well, hang I, out with James Cameron? There you go. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, maybe there's a sense of like completion. Like, I've yeah. done it. You know, like this yeah. is, I, it made me, maybe it never gets better than that, but um, there, it happened, yeah. you know, and I can like. See one of those one way trips to Mars. Oh, there you go. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, the other thing that I only thought about uh, recently was the fact that there had to be, well, there was a, a contingency plan in place that if Neil and Buzz crash on the moon, Michael Collins has to come back alone. Yeah. Right. And like, I can't imagine, you know, the, 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 the emotional load, the toll that would take on you. Yeah. And just like, be, would you even be able to complete all the steps and everything to get right. back there? Like, or like, it's hard to imagine your mind being able to concentrate clearly enough to, you know, hit all the right levers and yeah. stuff. And you have a and, several day journey ahead of you yeah. alone in space, you know, after these two men have died, you know, like, yeah, like that, that, that I guess it's just, it speaks to like, obviously there is a, a great, you know, physical toll and mental toll on these astronauts. But if you think about all the like things that could have happened or, you know, that they had to be prepared for, like it's, it's that much more, you know, harrowing, I think. Yeah. And I don't, the, the way that a lot of the like documentaries and stuff pitch it, it's, it, they put a lot of emphasis on the national. Yeah toll that that could take right like, you know like the it, it wasn't just this mission morale it was yeah yeah but and and yeah. like what what does that say you know wh- what are the consequences of that does it you know hit the economy does mm-hmm. everything crash after this or you know and what happens to russia um i don't but i don't i realize that's a that is a threat but i feel like that part of it's always overstated a little bit mm. and it's less about like the the individual effect of that, like, yeah, you know, people have crashed planes and survived, mm-hmm. you know, and, and had to live with the consequences of that or, you know, or, or other people have been involved with other disasters or, you know, things yeah. that went catastrophically wrong and the survivors had to cope with it, but no one, no one's ever left <laughs> people behind. Yeah on another right, right, celestial exactly. body, yeah. you know, like that is as yeah. foreign as a concept that we it, can yeah. conceive of. It's crazy. I mean, you have, you imagine there would likely have been a mission, you know, a successful mission to the moon. And part of the, the point is to collect the remains right. of the people who, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, or yeah. potentially. 
Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's, it, I, well, and I think it, I think they were very confident, you know, that that would not happen, you know, and yeah. I think that's because they had all these, um, sort of steps in place to say, you know, are, are we good to do, you know, lunar descent? Are we good yeah. to do, to stay here? Are we, you know, so they, they had every step of the way. It was like, are we okay to continue basically yeah. right. to, to avoid that? So why haven't we gone back? Why haven't we gone back? Okay, well, there is... And maybe a side question. We can wrap into this one. Why hasn't anybody else tried to go there? Oh. Um, okay, so I think the, the big, you know, the big answer is obviously going to be money. Like, it's, it's... Let's take money out of the equation. <laughs> it costs an exorbitant amount of money to do it, right? So, like, other countries doing it and, and also i guess there's there's this perception that there's no need to do it you know what i mean like yeah, we've yeah but like russia was like all gung-ho about getting there and then we did it and they're like oh well <laughs> they just stopped yeah, yeah. well just, and there's other i'm sure there are there's other factors yeah. but um but so there is currently a planned mission to the moon right uh, artemis is the current thing um and the uh the plan is to one get back to the moon, get Buzz Aldrin's body. <laughs> it's real one, uh, the real Buzz. The other guy just jumped and knew where he went. <laughs> Don't take your helmet off. No, what are you doing? Hey, what are you jumping? But there he goes. <laughs> um, uh, to get to the moon, to uh, have uh, the first woman walk on the moon. Yeah, that's part of it. Um, and then, uh, they want to set up, I think it's called a gateway. So set up a space a station, stargate, if you will, no, a space oh, okay. station that <laughs> orbits the moon so that you can go there, dock. See, I'm telling you, getting close guys, but it's, it's also a step to a mission to Mars. So right. the, uh, the, I think, um, for Artemis, there's the Orion capsule. Mm-hmm. And that is a four-seater as opposed to a three-seater, which is what the Apollo capsules were like. But, okay, so why aren't we doing it, right? Um, the Back when we, you know, NASA was doing the Apollo missions, they put in certain contracts with uh, other companies like Boeing, um, and IBM, a number of other uh, companies to say, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to build this, you're going to do this and, and we're going to pay you to do that. Right. So those contracts are still in place and there's no competition currently. Like NASA can't go to, you know, Don Douglas. <laughs> do they exist still? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Boeing, <laughs> I think Boeing uh, ate them up. They did, yeah. but I was trying to give an example. Um, Damn it, true. They can't go to SpaceX. Let's say. Necessarily, or they so the, these original contracts are still it's, as I like in perpetuity. Yeah, yeah wow. in some way they, they or, they, or they're in some way they are restricted by that, hmm. so they can't seek out competition. So it costs that it's you know costs even more money now to do it um, because of these contracts. Um, politically, it's not there's nothing compelling us to do it. Um, there's no like threat. There's no race happening. Mm. Um, that for us, although China, I think recently has started to ramp up some yes. kind of space program. So that could t- potentially give us political push to make it happen. But there, so they they are currently working on the space launch system, which is kind of the successor to the Saturn five rocket. Um, and, uh, it will be, they, there's, there's a planned unmanned, um, mission Artemis one for June of next year. Mm-hmm. Now I think that plan has, keeps getting pushed because I mean, the, the, it's just like money, money is not there mm-hmm. they keep delaying it. And obviously the current administration, while they talk a big game about space or not, Space Force giving money, yeah, <laughs> uh, and any. So I think I think what I saw was point five percent of the U.S. budget is now devoted to NASA, as opposed to in its heyday in the sixties four percent. Um. So, I my hope is that once we get 
you know, a friendly, friendlier political sort of climate friendly to NASA in place. Um, and, and if there's some way, I don't think it happens with just NASA. I think it's going to require, you know, companies like SpaceX or, you know, other people to kind of push us forward. What's the, you know, you're talking about like, oh, it costs so much money. And I know obviously we wouldn't want to do it this way. Mm-hmm. But in theory, mm-hmm. we could just take the same technology they had back in 69, right. barely do updates to it, and still get the same result. So it wouldn't cost all those crazy amounts of money. Again, I know we would never want to do it that way, right. but there's got to be a middle ground there between, oh, we got to send the, the biggest, best, most expensive. Uh, it, just, it, it, it can be done. I feel like that's just a really right. lame... Yeah, we like, have a pattern well, here. Yeah. Or, or again, to, the, to the, that point... Why aren't other countries, and maybe a better question is, and I'm not actually asking this, it was more of a you know, rhetorical question, why haven't that in the past? Like, it's not like this stuff is super hidden. I mean, yeah, it, countries with money, mm-hmm. and there's some rich-ass countries out there, why aren't they even bothering with it? And maybe it's just because I'm obsessed with it. And it well, seems to me like so, so um, to the idea of just using the template set forth by the Apollo missions and just like, what if in a, in a weird world, we just say, well, we'll just do it exactly how they did it. Put better, uh, but you know, square to square, but yeah. other, other than that, same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll redesign that part. The rest, <laughs> everything the else we're staying the same. Um, I think even if you do that, you have to account for inflation. Like these things, well, sure, you know, cost more now, um, but the other thing is you'd have to sell someone on that. You, you know, it, you'd have to say to the government who's funding this, like, we're just going to do it like we did it in the sixties. And they're like, Whoa. I mean, this is, this gets to what we we're saying early. Like there in the sixties, there, there was not a bunch of bullshit you had to cut through. Yeah, like, that's true. like for better or worse, they just did things, you know? And, and now there's no, there's so much political maneuvering. Like there's so many people who use NASA and the space program as sort of a, a, a way to, avoid <laughs> giving them money in ways yeah, like right. it's a really strange tool or chip exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think to that t- question of why can't we just do it the way we did it? We just can't. <laughs> and then, um, with the other countries, this, the Artemis, um, program is in uh partnership with the ESA, which I believe is the European space agency or space, mm. Is it the ESA or is it the EUSA? I think it's European the ESA. Unions? Okay, and I might be wrong. I'm I'm guessing. I I kept reading ESA, and I was guessing the whole time that's the European Space Agency. I could be wrong about that. Um, Everyone's space agency, and I think I get the the impression that the space community, like as far as the um, space faring community, is very like inclusive and and partnership uh, positive to partnership. You know what I mean? Like, it's yes. not like we're the U S and we're going to do it alone. You know, it's, it's yeah. sort of like, it's let's all work it's, together. It's almost like a fleet of countries Ooh. that want to go to the stars together. Oh, that's right. Um, so I think I really hope that this Artemis thing does happen, but I have to say, I am not as optimistic as you sadly. Uh. Um, in terms of like space flight and commercial space flight in our lifetime. I'm also like, I, I get that a lot of the currently, a lot of excitement is around people like Elon Musk, SpaceX, uh, Jeff Bezos and blue Lance Bass and Lance. Well, I'm with, Lance I was, Bass. yeah, <laughs> I was going to bring that up actually. But now what's the, uh, what's blue, blue, uh, blue wind, blue, no, uh, blue point or blue. I thought it was blue wind. No. Is that the feather? Blue origin. Blue origin. Blue origin. origin. Um, but man, are those crappy assholes behind those. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, I get, and this is, there's a whole other thing I have. I, maybe I've gone into on the show before of like, do we need to accept that, you know, like these garbage cans that are people, like we just, yeah, you can be a piece of shit, and but at least you got us to 
Mars. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I, I Morally, I have an issue with that. And I feel and like... is it worth it? Like, Yeah, you know, and, and I feel like there are... Do the ends justify the means. And I'm just like, there are geniuses out there who are not, you know, awful. Yeah. They don't have billions of dollars. Not billions. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would love for something like the moon landing, the Apollo missions to happen in our lifetime. Um, but it's, I mean, they shut down the damn shuttle program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, Oh, that, that's nothing I wanted to mention was like that. Oh, I, we, we went to the, um, Johnson space center in Houston mm-hmm. a few years ago. Not a few years, several years, me and my mom, we were visiting my cousin who lives in Houston and we, went to the museum and they have this presentation about the shuttle program. And you, then before the presentation, you sit in a little room and there's a little show, like a movie. And like, I got so emotional watch. It was just kind of like space is launch after launch. Right. It like affects me in a way that I visceral. Yeah. And I was just like, so, um, I mean, I was on the verge of tears and I was just like, God, I why did I never go to one of these? You know what I mean? Like, in my lifetime, they were happening at a time when I could have gone. Like, I, yeah. I could have, you know, I was perfectly capable of even going alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kicking myself. Like, why didn't I do that? Yeah. So I, so that's a goal for me. Like, if if this Artemis thing happens and there's a series of launches i want to be there for one of them at least and see that happen i mean i know it's you know from a million miles away but still yeah hey the archive will sponsor you Ooh, we'll all be there that's right <laughs> um on the artemis 10 heading to space yeah <laughs> the, the artemis 10's mission is to find out if men can do a podcast in space <laughs> and, and women will have a guests on that one. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> There's a great, I think it was SNL skit of Buzz Aldrin, um, not, not actually him, but you mm-hmm. know, an actor playing him and his like his later, later years. And, uh, he's like going around the house and he, all he keeps, he's thinking about, he's like, no, oh, the moon, I was on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and like, then like, he, you know, and his wife's like, you always ever think about the moon, 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 moon. And later on that evening, it's supposed to be him and his wife are going to make love. And, she kind of looks at him. She looks. You thinking about the moon right now? <laughs> <laughs> and he walks outside. And he shakes his fist. Moon. <laughs> and I imagine that's got to be somewhat accurate. I know. Again, like yeah. it's all you got to think about. It's Seriously, like, man. Someday. Someday. Is that a song? Yes. When I'm off and low. <laughs> Is it about the moon? No. No. All right. Well, <laughs> just the so way it looked again, tonight was I'll, I'll just say I, I highly recommend. Fly me to the moon. There you go. That thirteen minutes to the moon podcast. Um, I believe HBO is planning to re-release their series called From the Earth to the Moon. Nice. Um, I, I haven't seen that in years. I think they're remastering it because I watched a clip of it uh-huh. and I was like, ooh, ouch. Like the, <laughs> the uh, CG is laughable. Yeah. So I think that I was wondering why it's not available right now. And I think it's because they're like going to be replacing a lot of the shots. That, plus it. Yeah, plus <laughs> it up. There's, yeah. there's, so I don't know. This is kind of off subject, but kind of on subject. They're doing a sequel to The Last Starfighter. Have you heard about oh, this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I rewatched the Death Blossom scene earlier wow. today. And I remember as a kid being like, this is like the best. <laughs> this is so realistic. <laughs> and I'm watching it today. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, this is terrible. Yeah. I mean, this is like pre PS one graphics. Like this is like, this is really bad. Yeah. But I remember as, as a kid be like, oh, this I is know. so realistic. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh, how are they doing this? And it just blows my mind. Uh, how far we've come. In yeah. Just a short amount of time, even on that level. Um, I recommend Apollo 13, obviously. Yeah. Um, and there was a documentary. A Doctor Who episodes. Pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Possible I, astronaut. I think it was it's about oh, the moon landing. Oh my god! Fighting the silence. <laughs> I think it was a documentary on PBS a few years back that sort of followed the Apollo Eleven, and then I hope they do this again. 
I guess they, well, so, so today as we're recording, this is the 50 year anniversary of the launch of Apollo 11. Um, and maybe it was like 10 years ago that they did this thing where they, there was a live feed you could listen to of the entire mission, like the, the radio. Um, communication in real time, in real time, as oh, if God. it was happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that was very amazing. cool. And they had a website where you could track, you know, things in real time. I know that um, uh, th- I forget who's doing it, but on YouTube, there's a uh, real time live video of Walter Con- Cronkite. Nice, uh, his uh, He's recording. Dead. He's mm. dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's a lot of st- it's it is it is moon landing fever right now. So there's a moon, lot moon town. I recommend go out and go drive the moon cars. Go drive flags. the moon cars. Yep. Yeah, Watch the available. first episode of Walsh and Gromit. Eat some moon ice cream. Yeah. Astronaut ice cream. <laughs> Drink some tang. And uh, and this this episode that you're listening to is the tip of the iceberg. I I I very much encourage you to seek out further information. Uh, stay tuned for uh, season four deep dive when we talk about the moon. <laughs> All right, can I get a go, no, go on putting this in the archive? Uh, I'm a go. Huh? Roger that. We are go for the archive. <laughs>